You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Sometimes some crimes go slipping through the cracks, but these two gumshoes are picking up the slack. There's no case too big. There's no case too small. When you need help, just call Ghostbusters. DuckTales. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, okay, let's try this again. Uh, when there's no danger. No, no, no. It never fails once they're involved somehow. Whatever is wrong gets solved. Star Command. He-Man. Ninja Turtles. Right, one more. We, it's okay. We got one more verse. Here we go. Here we go. When, when there's danger. Oh, no. It never fails. They'll take the clues and find the where's and why's and who's. Say it with me now. The Great Mouse Detective. Rescuers Down Under. God damn it, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so close. You're so close. <laughs> there was a lot of rodent-ass detectives in the Disney universe. Uh, we are here to talk about Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. This movie isn't a reboot. It's a Roger Rabbit-style continuation where the title Rescue Rangers were, in fact, TV stars of the 90s, now back all these years later to get mixed up in a missing tune case. This is directed by Akiva Schaefer of The Lonely Island. The film stars John Mulaney and Andy Samberg as the voices of the titular pair, respectively, with Will Arnett, Eric Bana, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons, and Kiki Lane. In a world co-populated by humans and cartoon characters, Chip and Dale meet in elementary school, become fast friends, move to Hollywood, and break into the world of afternoon cartoons. After a fallout and 30 years later... Chip is a successful insurance salesman, while Dale spends most of his time on the fan convention circuit. The two are connected by their old co-star, Monterey Jack, who owes money to a criminal named Sweet Pete due to his stinky cheese addiction. And Monterey Jack is also a cheese. That's right. Really? Ah. Monty warns the pair of a trafficking operation where tunes are kidnapped, have their appearances altered, and are shipped overseas to produce bootlegs of their works for the rest of their lives. Later, the two are informed that Monty has been kidnapped. Detective Ellie Steckler reveals herself to be a big Rescue Ranger fan, and with police hands tied, she suggests that Chip and Dale investigate on their own. The 90s nostalgia train has now pulled into the Disney afternoon station, folks. This thing is an achievement of film technique and spot-on satire of an entire film genre, reboots. I am T.C. DeWitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by my fellow 90s kids and millennials, Chad. Ch-ch-ch-chad and Dale. I think you meant to say ch-ch-ch-chad and Doggett. Ugly Doggett. And Spider Mike. I am the terror that flaps in the night. <laughs> you know, this movie is trying to give some bad credence to the bootlegs, but, you know, if it wasn't for all these years of trying to bootleg Leonardo DiCaprio, look how many actors we wouldn't have. Dane DeHaan, the kid from Stranger Things. 
The list is endless. Well, the power of bootlegs is strong in this film. So, gentlemen, unless someone wants to share a contrarian opinion, shall we just proceed to praise this movie for about 20 minutes? Pretty much, yes. I will lick this movie's boots all day, every day. I don't even care that some of the animation is ugly. I love this movie. But the animation isn't just – it's not ugly. It's every type of animation. When they they show us the 80s style – animation in the 80s they got claymation mm. there's puppets there's Man, stop Peter motion Pan was fucked up <laughs> <laughs> and he's drawn in the 60s facsimile style of the disney era this movie on a technical level is freaking amazing mm-hmm. i thought he was rotoscoped there's a little bit of that there's a little bit yeah i doubt there's any actual hand-drawn stuff here but the stuff they made to look hand-drawn is this reminded me a lot of Gumball. Oh, yeah, I could totally see that. Which blends animation styles just like this movie, except Yes, I've there's... seen the clips on Pornhub. <laughs> uh, what? The most impressive thing about this movie that I can say without really spoiling anything is the fact that the Disney lawyers went to bat for them so much oh, that they could get anything. Or not anything, but they got like damn near any possible cameo <laughs> from things that yeah. had nothing to do with Disney. You're going to like the way you look, I guarantee it. <laughs> exactly. Disney was looking at Netflix the entire time like, yeah, we got your boy now. John Mulaney belongs to us. They made a DC joke. They make fucking DreamWorks jokes. There's so many things like cartoon characters that have nothing to do with Disney in any shape or form that show up. And it makes it that much more real, because if it was just Disney stuff, yeah. it would feel almost like Space Jam 2. Exactly. Yes. Space Jam 2 wishes it could have done what this movie just pulled off. <laughs> There's Beavis and Butthead reference. There's a South Park reference. There is Paramount, Warner Brothers, Universal. Every freaking film company has stuff in this film. Is that an indictment of like where we're headed? That basically everybody is just bowing down to Disney because they know eventually they will be bought out by Disney? <laughs> Who knows? I, for one, welcome our Disney overlords. <laughs> With Disney, there's this, um, how, how do I put this? They have so much fucking money. They have so much money, and, guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I dare you to tell them no. I dare you. Right? One of my favorite little referential jokes is melting Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> like that, Shrek exists as a middle finger to Disney, so Disney just right back at him was biting their thumb like, mm, really? Take that, Katzenberg. <laughs> Yeah, bitch. And yeah, there's the whole movie is just like it's full of just so many references, to like Nickelodeon stuff too. It's like holy crap! Yeah, like, how does yeah. that everything, happen? everything. But this isn't just one slew of reference after another. There's actually a very Zootopian esque movie playing out here. There's a very cool mystery, a whodunit. And though it's not super complex and it doesn't go into Zootopia's training day level, yeah. it does play in the realm of Lego movie with I mean, its... It gets that dark a little bit. It, yeah, it, that, not entirely wrong. It's super dark at times. Look what they did the flounder. Look what they did the flounder. <laughs> when you see what they do to these, some of these characters, you're like, oh my god. And then that sequence, this is in the trailer, so it's not that much of a spoiler. There's a point where like it shows like the parts of some of the tunes that had got bootlegged. <laughs> And you're like, oh my god! Like, there's mm-hmm. so many just like big name cartoon things. There's a fucking Kingdom Hearts reference in yeah, Jimmy that Neutron's <laughs> hair, right? Yes. <laughs> Pretty sure you, you see Jotaro Kujo somewhere in the background. That Paw Patrol gag got me fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you used no. Nick Jr. as a joke that has that's so much more <laughs> than just like something kitty. It's like it's amazing what they get away with. With some of these gags. Yes. It really did feel like Disney whipped their dick out for this movie. 
and just said, I, I dare you to come at me, bro. This movie's so rewatchable. Like, the, they talk about how Monterey Jack slowly has an addiction. And you you rewatch the movie, and it's showing the scenes in the 90s. And he's got the crazy eyes. It's he's nuts. got the yellow and green eyes going <laughs> on the entire time. It's very self-aware. The strength of this movie is its script and the u- clever use of these characters as actors who are portraying the Rescue Rangers that we know and love and what they are 30 years removed. Being able to build upon that, all these references. I, we've already joked that Space Jam, which is – it was this. That is 100% true. There, This isn't just one gag after another. This isn't like those Freeberg and Seltzer spoof movies where it's like, get it, get it, get it, <laughs> get it. No, no, no. There's a level of respect to these characters and the universe that they've created with this Roger Rabbit-style world. It's so perfect. I'm endlessly impressed by this. I film. love how they carried through that Roger Rabbit style of, okay, cartoons aren't drawn or animated. They're filmed on a set. These are mm-hmm. actors in a world like they live among us. Like I loved I, Roger Rabbit is such a close movie to me. And I know a lot of other people. So TC, you said they took so much care of the source material. Like you could tell they gave a shit. Yeah. And that goes a long way. I love that. Like immediately they, they bring up Roger Rabbit. Like not only is like we did the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit and it shows up there <laughs> and he's voiced High by Roger Rabbit. Yeah. In fact, like if you follow their Twitter, they did this thing where like, they're like, this is the premiere and stuff. And every now and then they'd be like, here's this cartoon character who showed up. And it like one of them was like it hasn't been out in a long time. It shows Roger Rabbit. It's literally just like that image of him on the red carpet. <laughs> and I was like, that's fascinating. Yes. Even their Twitter is treating it exactly the way it is. Like these people are real. Mm-hmm. They're here, and they're here to watch the film, kind of thing. And I'm like, I love the insanity. Can I talk about the reason why I really wanted to see this? Was I mean, never mind. Like the premise looked good, but because Mulaney and Sandberg were both going to be Chippendale, like I can't say no. I had my doubts. I had my doubts that I wouldn't be I did able not. to hear them and not wish I was hearing the character's voice that I loved when I was little in the 90s. But then they very clearly state, no, no, those were their acting choices. That was the voice yes, they yes, put yes. on in the show. And we get to see clips of the original show. They show Fat Cat, the original first villain they ever faced off against. Mulaney and Sandberg crush it in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Akiva, as the director... A lot of credit needs to go to him as well, and he's got a nice little cameo in here. With John Mulaney and Sandberg, what comes with it is just so many one-liners <laughs> that I will carry with me to, to the end of time. That It's an old joke, and yet it still works. The message on my landline, I don't like that. <laughs> yes! I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, there's so many like, God, I lost it when he just goes, Muppet fights, like as a whisper. Yes. And I just lost yes. my shit. <laughs> they got the posit because I was laughing so fucking hard. <laughs> It's just, it, the movie is so, like, writing-wise, it's so amazing. It's very, very sharp. I'm going to bring up some of the negatives that I have about it, because we've been gushing sure. about it quite a bit. There are I, none. How dare you? Doggett brought it up very early on, is that there are some animation sequences that, like, it feels like the budget probably wasn't there for some of it. Hmm. And so it's a little jarring sometimes. Like, I think the most jarring one is that um, there's one point where they're following Peter Pan for something, and he's wearing, like, a, a robe, I guess? And so it just looks really, really off-putting when you're looking at him from that that <laughs> angle because you can tell that's like not it's not a thing. Like your brain is it's, telling it's you it's a body with a chroma key. Yeah, exactly. They wrote a scoped over an actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Your brain is telling you this is creepy. 
I loved how fucked up Peter Pan was, though. <laughs> I loved how creepy and disturbing he looked. He also has some amazing lines. Death's coming to us all, kid. I love Will Arnett doing that yeah. New York accent, but in his like very deep yeah. baritone voice. And he constantly has some amazing lines. And the other thing is that I feel like the rest of the cast of Rescue Rangers wasn't used enough. Like Monterey Jack is fairly early on, and he's used uh, quite a bit in the beginning. And then he's part of the mystery, mm-hmm. whereas um, Zipper and Gadget, like, they're shown in the beginning, of course, and then they just disappear until, like, the third act of the film. Mm-hmm. They're, they're almost like MacGuffins. I was like, it's nice to see them, but I kind of wish they were more integral to what was going on before this point. Yeah. But I get why they weren't. Well, it wasn't really a reboot. That's why. Like, they didn't get the game together. Yeah, but I was feeling like it would be more like getting the game together to, like, help out a friend. Like, that's what I was expecting it to be. Well, the fly was really busy selling insurance, first off. Oh, it's because it's that David Aysbert. Yeah. yeah. He, was the, he was the president. That's right. <laughs> he was also the Show president. Show some respect, Daggett. Maybe that's he was the first president. black president you're talking about. The president sold some damn good insurance. <laughs> Even when you find out what happens with those characters, you're like, okay, I'm cool with what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like they're thrown away. They're not shot in the head like Jimmy Olsen. No, they're, they're living a life. I will agree with you, Mike, that the animation in some points does feel a bit wonky. And where I noticed it was in Monterey Jack because – we see him turning in angles that we have never seen him turn before. It was reminiscent of the rare occasions you see the Simpsons looking straight forward in the camera and how weird their faces look. Monterey Jack would move his face every now and then. And because it's CG made to look hand-drawn, there were some angles that looked a little wonky. So I can agree that the animation isn't 100%. Yeah, there's some sequences where, like, the animation looks like it falters a bit, like, during, like, really intense motions. But overall, like, it didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. And if it wasn't for this excellent script, it would have, like, maybe derailed the movie for me. But as it was, every time I noticed something kind of wonky happening, I immediately was laughing my ass off at the dialogue. (laughs) Or something in the background that would catch my eye or catch your eye like butthead running for senate or something like that or it's like or it's like what's the next next Seth Rogen character we're going to meet yeah there's so many great background sequences the movies the fake movies yeah the fake movies are amazing but the most surprising thing about the background gags is there's nothing that will point out to them like there's nothing that's like hey you should look at that background gag mm-hmm. it's very bojack horseman yeah exactly and i'm finding out about stuff that i'm like it's blowing my mind like somebody discovered a spider verse reference mm-hmm. and they posted about it and full or is like he's like they're same universe it's fine <laughs> <laughs> multiverse this is where we filmed it it's fine <laughs> incredible and it's just i love it i love everything about this movie from beginning to end and i wanted more and i still want more <laughs> see i might disagree with you there because this is so well done i don't know if i'd want them to go back and do a second one or go well, back to this well what i mean is like i want more of just this world like it doesn't even have to be chippendale it could like it could cut to the fucking recess kids for all i care i just want to <laughs> see this world more like it like it reminds me of why i loved greg the bunny so much because everything was so mundane even though like so much was happening with all these mm-hmm. characters at the same time people just went to work like when you find out chip He's like, yeah, he's an insurance salesman, and there's a 3D frog there, and nobody fucking bats an <laughs> eyelash at it, and mm-hmm. a 2D house that talks to him on his way home. Like, just, like, like all of that stuff is normal, everyday, mundane shit to them, and I'm just, I'm always fascinated when stuff like that happens, and I, I love, love shit like that. I, I have one yeah. question. What was that, what was the polar bear from? I think is that, that the was Coca-Cola? meant to be a Coke. Is that the Coca-Cola bear? I think so. I love the Coca-Cola I think it was bear. Meant to- 
I think he was supposed to be the Coca-Cola bear, yeah. It did look like that style of animation, I assume that, too. And he had a Christmas sweater on, so I feel that's exactly who he was supposed to be. The entire time I was like, oh, fuck, I want a Coke. (laughs) I kind of thought Coca-Cola without saying it. They say it. Exactly. uh, Copyright free cola brand. (laughs) Yeah, an unspecified copyright free cola or something. And then they do the same thing with Bob the the Warrior, done by Seth Rogen, because he's making Mm -hmm. fun of, what was the name of that movie? Um, (laughs) Beowulf. Beowulf, yeah, it was the Beowulf thing. He's and, got them Polar Express eyes. Yeah, and, it's, <laughs> and, it's, and again, that's in the trailer where he's like, "What are you looking at?" He's like, "I'm clearly looking at you." He's like, "No, you're." I'm clearly looking no, at you're you. Not. <laughs> They're in the unca- they call it the uncanny valley, like a literal valley full of uncanny valley characters, <laughs> and, you just, and they're just quick ones. Like you look, they never really stay on certain gags for very long. When you recognize what's going on, you're like, "Man, this is fucking amazing." This is where the Lonely Island always thrived for me when looking at their shorts. The content that they did for SNL, looking at Hot Rod, which they wrote and Pam Brady directed, their ability to just blow past a joke and expect you to enjoy it this time or catch it the next time. Whereas when you look at older type self-referential comedy, such as something like Wayne's World, which would do a lot of like, get it? We're looking at the camera. Wasn't that funny? Mm -hmm. And I feel like those are the kind of jokes that you get from something in a lesser quality film like something that DreamWorks would make and do as a cash grab or something that is less cared about, right? Like, oh, this is the emoji movie, right? Like, get it? Poop. (laughs) Now, this movie treats its audience with respect. It's respectfully giving you more of these characters, paying tribute to what came before and giving us something wholly new with love. And we are going to sit here and just keep going, remember this, remember this, remember this. But I think the four of us can agree that this is a goddamn funny movie and it's very well done. Are we going to call it a classic? <laughs> well, I don't like to throw that word around. But, but yes. Arby watched this movie three times. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. It's so good, guys. When looking at the modern scope of animated films, Disney is doing their thing and they're doing it well. Pixar is doing its thing. DreamWorks is doing its thing. And we get those gems like Into the Spider-Verse or the Lego movie or Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs that are so good when they have no right to be. And I feel like this movie is so much better than it had any right to be. Yeah, I get that. (laughs) But with that said... I'd be happy to move into some final thoughts here. So, Spider-Mike, why don't you hit us off first? Yeah, this movie is, is I actually, I think it's a classic. I think it's one of the most classic films out, out there. It knows what it is from beginning to end, and it goes with it the entire way. There's so many just references to things. Even Peter Pan's entire, like, plot line kind of accidentally references. Because I don't know if they did this on purpose, but accidentally references a Peter Pan actor whose life did not go well after Peter Pan. <laughs> and I think that's fascinating in, in a lot of amazing ways. It's a takedown of Hollywood in so many amazing, fun, satirical ways that I love. And I would love to see more of this world. And I don't, I, I doubt they'll... You know, like you said, maybe they won't make a, a direct sequel to this, but I wouldn't mind if they did, even if it was bad. <laughs> like I said, there's some animation issues here and there, as well as some very cliche moments, but they do bring them up every now and then, so it's not too egregious when it, when they happen. But by the time I was done, I just didn't care what about all of its flaws. But I so I would have to give it nine out of ten wrapping chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chad. 
The movie's great. I'm not going to talk about that. So Mulaney and Sandberg had to fill in for Kimmel the other day because he got COVID for the second time in like three weeks. Oh, really? And yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys got to watch it. It's great. And you can tell they're obviously like, we showed up here expecting to get interviewed. Like, hey, Jimmy's sick. So you guys are hosting together. And... I think they're a little bitter because they kept saying they're promoting the movie like, hey, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, not in theaters. Mm -hmm. They're emphasizing that a lot. And now I get it because I think they knew they had like a really good movie and they're probably a bit bummed that it's not going to get a proper release. So I'm actually bummed by that. This deserved a theatrical release. It really did. Seeing this with a crowd roaring at the jokes. My God, this deserved theaters. I would have had so much fun. It joins the ranks of soul and turning red. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck? But that being said, it's still something to be proud of. And yeah, in the world of COVID and, you know, movies haven't figured themselves out yet since 2019. I'm still glad I got to see such a great fucking film that was well thought out, well animated. Are there things to gripe about? Yeah, but they're very minute and who gives a shit? I'll also give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, Just Disney knowing their place in the world and just whipping that dick and smacking my face. <laughs> Take a chat. When Mickey Mouse breaks into your apartment, he's like, I need that cartoon that you have in the corner there. And they're like, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Submit yourself, Chad. And nobody gets hurt. Dog it. Actually, Doug, before you give your rating, were you happy to see your puppet brethren up on the screen in this movie represented? I thought the representation here was fantastic. I enjoyed the bread maker, and I enjoyed that they finally showed how evil claymation creatures really are. <laughs> that was a super creative sequence, by the way. I'm not going to spoil anything, but that sequence was really creative. Oh, yeah, yeah. It gets scary. It gets Roger Ever scary a, little, a few times in this movie. <laughs> There's a reason uh, nobody gives a shit about Wreck-It Ralph 2, and there's a reason why if you type in ugly... Just one time, you're going to get uh, seven articles about the movie we're talking about right now. And it's not as an insult because of a, <laughs> how, because how creative it is. In mm. Wreck-It Ralph 2, they're, like, they're pimping out like how this is a Disney festival, is all this and that. And it's really you're not really walking around with any of those characters. They're just kind of popping up here and there. And you barely see them. Like everybody talks about like the Disney princesses getting together. It's like, that seems whack. But you over here, you get scumbag Peter Pan. <laughs> you get all Seth Rogen's characters. You get the Chippendale Rescue Rangers. This has everything anyone could want from an animated movie that uh, it's toying with your childhood, but respectfully. And I I say this as somebody uh, who never watched Chippendale. I I never watched the show. Amazing. I just thought the trailer looked funny, and I'm a fan of John Mulaney. I was not disappointed. It was actually smarter than I initially thought it would be. The animation is wonky, but I didn't really care. It, it it's fine. The the thing about Roger Rabbit is it is technically a masterpiece, like how it was made and all that. That being said, I would never want to go through any of that. <laughs> Give me the Chippendale. We're just gonna have these actors walk through and CG around them, and that's that. Wrap it up. Because Roger Rabbit looks like a hellscape to film. <laughs> so that being said, I'm going to give this 10 out of 10 times a fork of Won't Save Your Life. Oh, damn. <laughs> I love this. I loved it. I'm going to have to watch it again because there are so many blink-and-you-miss-it jokes. This works on every level. This was made for me, and it was clearly made for my friends here. 
the Roger Rabbitness, the Lego movie level of referential humor, the Ace Ventura level of craft in the mystery, the film techniques used to pull this off. There isn't a lazy moment in this that is made by movies like Alvin and the Chipmunks or other CGI relaunches, which they go out of their way to lampoon. If you have a love for this era of animation, Naked Gun, 21 Jump Street, Lego Movie, Cloud of the Chance of Meatballs, anything like that. If you like The Lonely Island, 100% watch this movie. This is a 10 out of 10 human teeth. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's so cool, there was a Tenacious D song in the beginning. Yes, I made a note of that as well. It kicks off with Friendship is Rare. Oh, man. Bravo. There's a few things in this world that I I would love to hear more about. It seems that uh, 2D creatures can turn themselves 3D, but it also seems (laughs) they can just recast you. Because yeah. there's a there's a live action Beauty and the Beast and there's still a 2D candle, so I can only assume he yeah. didn't he, he didn't get a callback. 